We hope you'll enjoy this episode of Women Worth Knowing. Make sure you rate us on your podcast app, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Hello, this is Cheryl Broderson, and I'm doing a special podcast today, and I'm so excited. I've got in studio um, Jeanette Henning. Henning is right? That's right. And um, this is really special because she and her husband reached out to me, and I got so excited. As you know, Jasmine and I love books, and she sent me a book, and I'm going to be honest, I haven't started it because I'm going to drown myself in it, and I've had all these obligations. And so with me, with books, like I kind of wait till I can have like some tea and sit aside outside and just enjoy. But I can't wait because um, they shared with me the premise of the book and why they wrote it. And not only is um, Jeanette uh, Jeanette a woman worth knowing, but So is her daughter, and that's what we're here to Mm -hmm. talk about. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people will recognize the name Melissa Camp. Right. And because of Jeremy Camp, Mm -hmm. but they don't know the name Henny. I was telling people, I'm going to have Melissa Camp's mother. And they Mm -hmm. said, oh, Jeanette Camp. And I said, no, (laughs) no, (laughs) Jeanette Camp. Henning. So I want to start with a little bit about how were you motivated to Mm. put this book together? What what happened? Wow. Well, I was motivated for this book, walking the journey with my daughter, Mm -hmm. because there were so many wow moments, so many God moments Mm -hmm. that took your breath away. Mm. And I remember all of us, the camps, Jeremy's mom, Terry, and me would go, oh my gosh, Mm-hmm. This is a book. You could mm-hmm. see the book being yes. being written mm-hmm. by both uh, uh, Melissa mm-hmm. um, and Jeremy, their mm-hmm. journey. But so many of Melissa's responses were so filled with the Spirit. They were so supernatural that they just stunned me. Mm-hmm. And I began writing mm. during the story so I wouldn't forget. That's so good. You know, I would I would go home to my computer or I would— take notes. And I just thought, oh, I can't forget that moment. And, you know, it just came to together like that. Mm. And then, um, you know, quickly getting to the end of the story that after she uh, died, she had she had left me her journals. Mm. She was always a journal. Mm-hmm. She loved the Lord more than anyone I've ever known, mm-hmm. ever known. And I've known a, a lot of believers. And she would journal these love letters to Jesus. And just before she was married, she, she gave me this big box. And she says, Mom, I want you to have these. I want you to keep these. They're very, very precious. Mm. So would you keep these for me? And I said, sure, honey. So after she died, um, my greatest comfort was the Word of God. And I was fortunate enough to be able to stay home. Mm-hmm. And I would get by the fire mm-hmm. while everyone else did their thing and and sit in this chair with the Word of God mm-hmm. all day long. It was mm-hmm. the only comfort I had. And I thought, go get her journals, Jeanette. And so I started mm-hmm. reading her journals. And I was like, <gasps> I mean, I had walked with God for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. I was a, had strong faith, strong woman of faith. Mm-hmm. But reading Melissa's journals was an intimacy with God that was just awe-inspiring. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. she was communicating with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd never really 
seen that before, uh, written down, that, mm-hmm. that somebody would have such an intimacy with the Lord and he with her, mm-hmm. you know, back and forth conversation many times. And I just was like, oh, Lord. And as I'm reading, you know, and there's many of them, mm-hmm. reading them, I'm going, oh, Lord, what do you want me to do with these? Mm. Because they were just so amazing. Right. And I'm reading, and the next sentence I read in the journal is Melissa saying, oh, Lord, what do you want me to do with these? Oh, my <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Right. And she says, are these just for me and you? Are these for me and my family? Or is this for the world to read? Mm. I'm weeping. I'm wow. weeping when I read that. I'm going, okay, Lord, I know what mm-hmm. you want me to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, of course it's for the world. You wouldn't have all this, this happen if it was just for me to keep and, and for us to treasure the story. And, of course, Jeremy had been telling the story, you know, his right. entire journey. He's never stopped um, sharing Melissa's uh Testimony. So and, that, and the movie too has just came out, out which yes. is I still believe. I still believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this is interesting. So, you know, I started writing mm-hmm. everything. I started writing the journals and transcribing them all. So you know, I'd have them all on my computer. Wow. And I would uh, also write her story. I had the all the details, you know, written out. But I didn't know what to do with them mm-hmm. or how to, you know, put it together. Or, you know, so I prayed for a long time, for 19 years. Yes, I was thinking it's been quite a while, it 19 years. So there, it took a movie Yes, to get this published. It took a movie, mm-hmm. which is uh, pretty amazing. So, you know, with Jeremy and with the, uh, John and Andy Ir- Ir- uh, Irwin mm-hmm. are the ones who got me um, connections mm-hmm. in order to publish uh, right. Melissa's uh, yes. Melissa F1 Life. Mm-hmm. Which the quote is from, if one life comes to know Jesus Christ because of what I go through, it will all be worth it. And that's what she told Jeremy when he um, came to the hospital to see her when he first found out she had cancer. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. If one person, and I have heard from hundreds, hundreds of people who write me and say, I'm the one life. Mm-hmm. I'm the one life. Mm-hmm. That's that's so precious. I mm-hmm. I have to say, I did look at all the pictures. <laughs> yes. you know, that's what we usually start with a book. We look at all the pictures. Yes. And such a beautiful young woman. How old was she when she gave her life to the Lord? You know, God had a hand on her, I think, the day she was born. Wow. No, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, before she was born, mm-hmm. he had this eternal purpose and plan for her. And she had this heart for God when she mm. was just little. Wow. Little girl, more mm-hmm. than my, I have four children. Mm-hmm. She's my third. Mm. And, um, you know, I just could watch this in here when she was little. And we had planted a church in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. And I remember when she was five years old, we had a, a guest college student come in and, and sing for us. And she sang El Shaddai. Wow. Remember that song? I love it. Yes. I love it too. Yes. Well, Melissa was just in awe she, at five. Wow. In awe of that song. Mm-hmm. And she would sing it and sing it. Mom, can you put it on? Can you put it on? And sing it and sing it. And so from a really young age, she had this desire to know God on an intimate level. But, you know, she was a normal child. Mm-hmm. Well, not really. She, I had three really strong-willed ones. And then I had Melissa. Who, wow. You hate to say she was just... Like an angel, but mm-hmm. she was. There mm-hmm. was just something very special about her from the beginning. And, you know, she was raised in, 
in church, um, got baptized when she was little, like all my all my kids did. Mm-hmm. But it was when she was junior high, high school, you know, when they become, it's it's their own. Right. And she really gave her life to the Lord completely, like when she was 15 years old. Wow. And she, I had my kids in Christian schools the whole, mm-hmm. whole time. Mm-hmm. I just had this thing that, you know, I could not have them in public schools. I felt like I was just giving them to the state and to, right. you know, But Christian the world. school actually... You know, for me personally, I went to public school all my life, went to Christian school one year and found it more challenging. Mm-hmm. Actually, I went my freshman year of college, I went to Christian school mm-hmm. and then um, eighth grade. And I found it more challenging mm-hmm. because there was so much compromise and things were really exactly. gray. And in public school, I was like, well, that's definitely sin. Exactly. And I know I'm light. Yes. So there was this... Um, for me, it was easier in public school, and people were curious about my light. So when we say that she went to public uh, private school, mm-hmm. to stand out and to continue to walk with Jesus in private school, to me, yes. is even more astounding. Yes. You know, being from my background, right. that she would hold true. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes the, the kids that really love Jesus don't get the attention. In Christian schools, right. believe it or not, right. it's the rebellious ones. Everyone's right. trying to save them, and they get popular yes. because yes. they're going against the grain. Yes, I saw. We saw a lot of mm-hmm. that for sure. Yeah, but when she was um, sixteen, mm-hmm. um, four kids, private schools, we just hit a wall. Oh, we do it anymore, mm-hmm. right? And you know, I remember just like weeping. You know, Lord, please, but He had a plan for Melissa. No, she's ready. The others mm. weren't quite as ready. They had a different journey. But Melissa was ready wow. to get into the mission field. Mm-hmm. So, and know, to see it as a mission field. Oh, she saw that. it as a mission field. Mm-hmm. Oh, she did. And her journals are full of that, too, Ugh. praying for these friends. Mm. And she was like everyone's best friend. Even when she was in grammar school, when she was in kindergarten, mm-hmm. we moved from Albuquerque, you know, to San Diego. All these little kids would write her these notes. You're my best friend. I have this notebook full of each little child said, oh, you're my best friend. Wow. But, and that was every person Melissa met. Oh, best yes. friend. Yes. It, you know, and yes. made her sister's a little jealous sometimes. I bet. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm her best friend, you know, because they were. Right. They all were, and even her brother. Oh, that's they were, wonderful. They mm-hmm. were so, so close to her. But yeah, so high school took a different turn for Melissa as far as her really getting on fire. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Calvary Chapel played a huge part in her life. Um, we weren't raised Calvary Chapel, even mm-hmm. though we lived here and we were so exposed to Chuck Smith right, right, right. and the Calvary Chapel movement. We were in a different, um, you know, Bible-believing, you know, that's just who we were, Bible-believing, right. Bible-teaching uh People And we had taken a church in Encinitas, and through some awful things that happened, we were, Mark likes to call the word ekbalo, which is, you know, being thrown out. And Uh we were thrown out of that church with these four little kids not Mm. knowing where to go. Mm -hmm. And I remember praying, 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 Lord, we need a church in this transition. We need a church. We need a church. And one day I heard Mike McIntosh on the radio. Mm -hmm. And I remember Mark coming home and I go, oh my gosh, honey, there's someone in San Diego that's teaching the word of God verse by verse. You know, Mm -hmm. I was so excited. And of course, we'd listen to the radio and Chuck Smith and all, but there was someone in our backyard. Right. So we went to um, Horizon, Mike Mm -hmm. Mack's church, and I remember the first Sunday that we went there, you know, we were just in awe. I remember mm-hmm. saying, look at the people. And it was like a cross-section of culture. 
You know, there was the little old ladies with her hat on, but there was also the gang guys with their chains hanging off of them. And, you know, I mean, it was just in every race. It was just like, this is what heaven's going to be. Yes. And my kids fell in love with Jesus there. Melissa fell more in love with Mm -hmm. Jesus there. That's excellent. The worship. And, uh, uh, you know, something happened. And Mark and I look back at that awful time in our life as to what happened to us at that church. And we were in awe now mm-hmm. of seeing what the Lord was doing and starting to chart a path. And sometimes I look at my life, I think, oh, my goodness, Lord, so much of it was about Melissa yeah. and this plan, mm-hmm. this incredible, eternal purpose and plan that you had for her life. And I'm just a vessel, you know, just taking that ride with you as he— um, did this beautiful thing in, in her life. And mm-hmm. he's still working on all of us, but <laughs> yeah. But she's totally glorified. So now after high school, is that when mm-hmm. she went to, is that, did she meet, she met Jeremy at Bible college, right? She did not. Oh, yeah, she the, did not. The movie. Yes. Cause that's you know, in has the movie, her right? going to Calvary Chapel right. Bible college, right? which my youngest daughter went there. My son went there for a semester, but Melissa never went there. Oh, She my always wanted to go there. And I uh-huh. remember when I first read the script, uh-huh. I started laughing. And I go, oh, Lord, she always wanted to go to Calvary <laughs> Chapel Bible College. So she did in the <laughs> so movie. So she got to go in the movie. But no, she went to um, a community college. Okay. Uh, Palomar. Okay. Yes, I know exactly where that is. Yes. And Calvary Chapel Vista was having a uh, Bible study there mm-hmm. you know, on campus. Mm-hmm. And so she met these kids from from Vista and started doing their little, you know, Bible study on, on campus. Right. And Jason Duff, I don't know if you know him. Yes, He's a really Chapel well. Pastor. Yes. yes. Amazing, mm-hmm. amazing Out man. In Palm of, Desert. Mm-hmm. Man of God. Right. Well, he was leading this little Bible study. So he was just smitten with Melissa because, you right. know, here she was, this godly girl. And he just thought, oh, man, I think she might be the one, even though they never dated. Right. You know how mm-hmm. Christians are. Right. You have, they're the one before you ever even. Have the one. Yeah, right. have the one. And Jeremy was his best friend. Oh. So he said to Jeremy, hey, will you come and lead worship at our Bible study? I want you to meet this girl. I think mm-hmm. she's the one. Mm-hmm. So Jeremy did that and he he went and um, led worship there. And I will never forget that day because when Melissa came home, mm-hmm. she would always come home with such excitement. Mm-hmm. And she opened the door and she's yelling, Mom, Mom! You know, we're always like, oh, what happened today? Yes. So exciting. And I come, what, honey? She goes, oh, Mom, I met this guy today. She goes, it was so amazing. She says we were worshiping and she's a full-on worshiper, mm-hmm. hands to the sky, mm-hmm. eyes closed, you know, into the throne room she would go. And she says, you know, and I was just worshiping, and it was so wonderful. And for some reason, I just opened my eyes, and our eyes just met. Wow. I know. Yes. And she goes, and there was something there, Mom. There mm-hmm. was this connection I've never felt before. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> yes, I've got to meet this wow. young man. Yes. Anyway, we had a college Bible study in our home with probably— you know, I don't know, it got up to about 75 kids. And and uh, Mark used to say, it's not Mark's Bible study. This is mm-hmm. Melissa's Bible study because she would just, you know, gather all these people to come. And Jeremy started to come to that. And, you know, there was this little mm-hmm. thing going on as the movie kind of shows. Right. But it had it show with a different person, not, not you know, it had it with Jean-Luc. It wasn't, right. we all go, no, right. it wasn't Jean-Luc. Right. You know, it, it was this um, 
best friends and this girl, yes. and mm-hmm. then them working this working this out because mm-hmm. Melissa, um, you know, just it was Jeremy. It was mm-hmm. always Jeremy. Mm-hmm. So how the Lord had this uh, sweet, beautiful romance. So she was only nineteen at the time. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy was so smitten. He's mm-hmm. like, I want to take you to Indiana and meet my parents. And she's like, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa. So in this little little journey that she's on, she began to feel God was calling her to something higher. Mm. And she'd say to me, Mom, I know God has something really special for me. He has something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but I know it's huge. Mm-hmm. And she was really praying about that and I was praying about that, and, she, and then she'd be like, you know, I think Jeremy's a distraction. Mm. <laughs> he was a distraction. Wow. I mean, they yes. just had this beautiful, right. Right. wonderful right. Uh, connection with each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, truly love at first sight and, mm-hmm. and this bond that you rarely see in people. In fact, mm-hmm. I've said many times, I've never seen a love like that. Mm-hmm. And I could just start bawling whenever, right. whenever I think of it. I've never seen a love like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oof. <laughs> but, you know, as a mom, too, when you see something like that, um, I think you're often, like, cautioned because, you know, your daughter's in college mm-hmm. and they fall in love mm-hmm. and you're thinking about, oh, this potential and you're mm-hmm. thinking about the future and mm-hmm. the financial constraints. And yet it seems like the Lord was working in you, too, to mm-hmm. support it mm-hmm. and not to, you know, negate it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, where I had another daughter where I had a different journey with. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as you're looking yes. at that. But, yes. You know, definitely. But, yeah, there was just something undeniable mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. God was working there. But she had this thing that God had something for her. So um, she broke up with him. You know, she was not ready mm-hmm. yet. He mm-hmm. was so ready. He would have married her, you know, mm-hmm. right away. Let's meet the parents and here we go. Because with Jeremy, he's all in. I mean, he loves, yes. he loves hard. And he's yes. he's just all in. And um, in fact, she broke up with them three different times because, you know, she had to keep going. You had to, she had to keep going back, you know, mm-hmm. because she just loved him so much. Um, but the final time uh, was just before she had her, her very first surgery. Mm. And what happened was, in fact, I remember this day she walked into my room and she goes, oh, mom, look at this. And she was a small girl. Mm-hmm. I'm tall. Everyone in our family are tall. Mm-hmm. And she was tiny. She mm. was 5'4 and, oh, yeah. and tiny. And she walked in and she pointed to her abdomen and she goes, oh, mom, look at this. What is this? And, you know, I could see a little protrusion out of her mm. small little tummy. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, my goodness, honey. I said, we'll go to the doctor and get that checked out. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'll call tomorrow and we'll get in right away. And she goes, oh, no, tomorrow I have Bible study. Can't go tomorrow. And I go, okay. And she left and I just had this. Um, Premonition. Yes, and a forewarning mm-hmm. that came over me. Mm-hmm. And I went into my bathroom and I fell to my knees on the floor. Wow. And I just started weeping and weeping wow. on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I heard the Lord say to me, and I'm not the kind of person that said, God said to me, God told me. You know, it's a it's happened to me several times, but it's been a rarity where I really hear him, mm-hmm. hear his voice clearly as if he's standing next to me. Right. And this voice went, here we go, Jeanette. Oh, my goodness. Enter into the journey. It wasn't here you go, Jeanette. Mm-hmm. It was here we go. Mm. And I just knew this was going to be the, the biggest trial of my life. Mm-hmm. 
So call the doctor. We get into doctors and, um, you know, we didn't know what kind of doctor, so we just went to our family guy. And he looks at her and he says to me, he goes, oh, you know, I, I really think she's pregnant. And I went, well, no. And Melissa's going, no, that's impossible. And he goes, yeah. oh, I hear that all the time. Yes. You know, we're doing a pregnancy test, which was so embarrassing right. for her. Poor thing. And then he gave her, you know, an exam and turned completely red going, mm. I'm so sorry. I'm so mm. sorry that I said that to you. Um, we'll, we'll get some tests. So... Um, in doing the tests, they could not see. They could see that she had a large mass inside of her. In fact, mm. it was the size of a volleyball. Oh, my goodness. It had grown so much. Oh, my goodness. And it was so big that they could not see when they're doing their MRIs and their CAT scans. All They couldn't see what it was attached to. Oh, my goodness. Right. So uh, he sent us to a general surgeon, mm-hmm. you know, and we're going, you know, you tell us who to go to. Mm-hmm. You choose the best doctor mm-hmm. because we don't know what to do. And, right. you know, we prayed, Lord, would you just guide and direct us mm-hmm. to the best doctor for this sweet girl that yes. we would figure this out. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he sent us, he said, this is who I would take my daughter to. Mm-hmm. So trusting, trusting that. Right. So we go and we're in the waiting room and they said to us, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, he's really running late. So you can, we have a couple other doctors here that you could see. And we go, oh, no, no, we're mm-hmm. waiting for the best. Right. The best. So we wait. And Mark was there. Mm-hmm. No, we're waiting. Melissa mm-hmm. was there. We're all three together on this decision. We're waiting for the best. He had his fellowship in laparoscopic surgery. Mm. And so he said, you know, with all the tests, he goes, the very First one, they said, oh, my goodness, it could be cancer, which, you know, we went, <gasps> yes, because, but I don't think it's that, you know, and the second report said, no, they don't think it's that. Uh, he says, so the best thing is for, we'll go in laparoscopically. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to put any scars on, on this young mm-hmm. girl. So, so that was the plan mm-hmm. to do that. And he did go in uh, laparoscopically through her belly button mm-hmm. and he did not have an OBGYN there, mm. which Mm-hmm. They have to have an OBGYN mm. if it's any doubt that it might be attached to a female organ. Mm. But he did not. And so as he gets in there and he starts to dissect mm-hmm. this thing inside of her, right? he sees it's attached to an ovary. Mm. So he immediately calls an OBGYN to come in there and you mm-hmm. know, to snip it from the mm-hmm. ovary. And then he, he pulled that mass out of her belly button. Mm-hmm. And then we had uh, pathology reports that said it was, oh, it was just benign. It was just mm-hmm. an ovarian cyst, just benign, an ovarian cyst. So, you know, I'm like, okay, Lord, what, what was that? What mm-hmm. was that little glitch? Mm-hmm. What was that little weird thing about? Mm-hmm. And the OBGYN came and saw Melissa when she was in the hospital the next mm-hmm. day. And he said to her, oh, you sure went to the wrong doctor. I would have cut you open. And he slices her like, oh, I would have cut my. you open and remove that thing whole. No. You know. Yeah. Taking that thing out of you. And he was right. Mm. Because what that doctor did is when he dissected that tumor, which was cancer, no. spread it throughout her entire no. body. No. No. So for five months, we mm-hmm. thought we were home free. Right. And during this time, she and Jeremy were mm-hmm. broken up mm. as she grows deeper and deeper in her mm. faith and more intense in her 
faith and in what wow. God wants to do. How many people would have that reaction to oh. intensify after a surgery, especially at 19? Oh, intensify. That's amazing. And the Lord intensified mm-hmm. his presence in her life. And there's one point in her journal when she's um, saying, oh, Lord, remember after my first surgery when I just needed you so much and I was on my knees praying and I felt your knee next to mine? Mm. She could feel, Mm. physically Mm. feel him. And she had this conversation going on with him Mm. all the time, falling more and more in love. I, I rarely ever hear a Christian say, I'm so in love with Jesus, right? but she was so in love with Jesus. Mm. And that's throughout her journals. Mm. I'm so in love with you. And he was so in love with her, mm-hmm. taking her on this sweet journey. So after five months, doctors, things like that, uh, we're in a different healthcare system. And uh, this doctor calls me and says, you know, we need to get her into surgery immediately mm. and her abdomen has been growing again huh again um, and so he takes her into surgery and he had said you know there's her fluids building up in her abdomen mm. it could be good fluid it could be bad fluid we yeah, don't know if fluid. it's bad fluid mm-hmm. it's cancer mm. so she goes in we go in for surgery you know all prayed up and mm-hmm. and this is my little girl so she, the doctors come in couple doctors nurses, you know, the surgery team, and she says to them, can we all hold hands and can I pray for you? Wow. Wow. (laughs) So she prays for the doctors. Mm -hmm. She prays for them in Jesus' name. Mm. And they go and they have the surgery. And um, I never leave uh, the surgery floor. Mm -mm. I'm on that third floor pacing. Absolutely. And I'm pacing in front of windows, Mm -hmm. big windows. And in front of that big window was a church as I looked out with a cross. Mm. I remember that. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, always looking at that. There you are, Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like you're right over this hospital and and you are in control of Melissa. And, and you know, I'm pacing and um, all of a sudden I hear, um, Henning, Henning. And I look and you know how doctors will come out into the hallway and greet right. people. Oh, everything went great. Everything's right. fine. Everyone's mm-hmm. so happy. And I watched this happen over and over again. Mm-hmm. But our doctor didn't come out into the hallway. Mm-hmm. There's a little room. And my name for that room is the bad news room. Oh. As he's standing in the doorway mm-hmm. and he goes, Henning, Henning. Oh. And so we go and um, motions you in. The whole family mm-hmm. goes in mm-hmm. and tells us that it was cancer, mm. that it had been spread throughout her entire body, that it was on her liver, oh. that it was on her her bowels, mm. her abdomen, mm. all over her. And, you know, weeping, of course, in the room. Mm-hmm. And my dear daughter, uh, Heather, next to me, has her head in my lap, mm. and she's just crying out, oh, no, oh, no, Jesus, oh, no, mm-hmm. please, please. And the words that came out of my mouth, which I experienced this so many times, was just the Holy Spirit, because mm-hmm. how does the Holy Spirit uh, just say through you, all his ways are good and kind? Especially mm. at a time like that. All his ways are mm-hmm. good and kind. Mm-hmm. He has a bigger plan. He has something amazing beyond us that he is doing. And the doctor told me, Jeanette, you're going to be the one who's going to tell her when she wakes up. Oh, no. <clears throat> She'll wake up about four in the morning. No. 
Heather and I spent the night, uh, and we sl- were asleep on the floor. Mm-hmm. Asleep, no, laying on the floor. We're going to pause at this place. What a okay. place to pause because <laughs> it's intense. I don't. Yes. I can't wait for part two. And obviously, we can't do all of this in just one podcast. But we want you to join us next week for part two of Melissa's story. And you know, I'm, I'm realizing as I'm hearing this, it's it's as much your journey. I can't wait to read this book because it's going to be from a mother's heart and a yes. daughter. And yes. that is just dynamic. Right. Much of it is my story as well. And I'm gotta very be. authentic and honest about yes. my emotions. Obviously, I can, I can sense it right now. Mm-hmm. So come back, join us next week. And the book is called again. Melissa, If One Life. Melissa, If One Life. And is this available on Amazon? It is. Okay. Because we can only give you a tidbit, but if you're like me, you're like, I'm going home. (laughs) I'm going to read this and I'm going to get my tea ready. So again, this is what we do on this podcast is we feature women worth knowing. And obviously Melissa is a woman worth knowing, but so is her mom. Mm -hmm. And that's why they've written this book. Um, We understand too that you have stories and we want to hear your stories. Maybe if they're just a shout out, or maybe if you want to say to us, you need to know this person and their story. So get in touch with us. You can go to graciouswords.com and find the link to WWK or Women Worth Knowing, and you can write us. So please come back. I know you will. I don't even have to ask you. You're going to come back next week for sure. And until then, um, may God richly bless you. Thank you for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnett. For more information on Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. You can also follow Jasmine on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. If you think there is a woman worth knowing, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at wwk at cccm.com. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you've subscribed and don't forget to rate us on your podcast app and share it with friends. Thank you again for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnett.